what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I am humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I am a tool in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Our scripture text from the New Living Translation says this. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night which he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. For who? Yeah. He wasn't talking to just those folks back then. He's talking to you right now. This is my body, which was given for you. You can say, this is my, his body, which is given for me. Now, when you think about that and understand the significance of it, it got to change something on the inside of you. He says, now, do this to remember me. Not Peter, not Paul, not James or John, nor the sons of Zebedee or whoever. Do this to remember. They're not the ones who are going to die for you. I'm the one. So when you do this, don't be thinking about nobody else but me. I mean, get your heart and your mind purely on Y'all can say it, Jesus. See, this is the time where, where nobody else steals the star and lights but the Lord. This is his show. Amen. And he's saying, look, this is all about In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant. Somebody say new covenant. Hold on to that thought. Between God and his people, an agreement confirmed by my do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he come, comes again. Amen? You may be seated. Well, first let me start off by giving a great thanks to all the ministers who've stood in the, this past month uh, for me, I just thank God for uh, Minister Adrian Daniels, Minister Thelma Jackson, Minister Melvin Davis, Minister Rodney Perry, and for all those ministers who minister God's words here and strive in their own special way. I thank God for the co-laborers that he has placed in his service to serve not only uh, his people, but to serve his kingdom as well. And so I thank you for that dedication. Now today I'm going to speak to you just from the thought. Remember Jesus. Somebody shout, remember Jesus. I said shout and not just say it. Shout, remember. See, when you shout, something ought to be able to hear. When you say something, you can be low, but shout has a tendency to mean to be a little bit higher. So can we just shout that one more time? Remember. Say it like you want somebody to hear. 
We're getting close. You ain't there yet. Some of y'all are a little, little, you know, your team won yesterday. So you got something to shout about. Your team won yesterday. You know, so if you remember your team, you ought to be able to remember. Let me, let me go on. See, most of us have in the recesses of our minds memories of what some people have done for us, done to us, or done with us. And based on the nature of the experience, those memories, when brought to your remembrance, will create some type of emotion or feeling within you. Say amen. You know, sometimes you can be thinking about something somebody did to you, and your blood pressure go up. That's why when you go to the doctor, they tell you, hey, think on good thoughts. Good thoughts. Because bad thoughts can make your blood pressure. Now, if you got good thoughts that people have done some things for you or with you or to you, then it could calm you down. So what we think has a tendency to deal with our emotions and our feelings. See, that remembrance can sometimes, you know, make you angry. And sometimes it can make you happy, and sometimes it can make you cry. So when we look at the word remember or remembrance, it is recollection. In other words, to recall again. Something is already there. You're just recalling it back to the forefront of your mind. Jesus was telling his disciples, every time you do this, I want you to recall again. It is to remind oneself of something. Now look at this, verse definition number three, I like it because it says, the affectionate, somebody say affectionate. The affection, you know what affection means? You know when y'all affectionate about somebody, it's in a certain feeling through you? So he's saying in this definition, the affectionate recalling of Jesus to your mind. Passionately and lovingly remember, remembering what he did for you when he saved you and set you free from the bondage of sin. So he says now when you remember him for what he did, it ought to be some affection there. It it ought to be a response on the inside of you that want to cause you to give him give him thanks. Y'all stay with me. We're going somewhere. See, now Jesus because he may have been talking to some of y'all in here, right here, was not asking his disciples or us to passively retain what he did. See, we come to church, and when it's time to give him what he deserved, we want to be... Somebody help me out. Y'all ain't got to be scared to say the word, because before I get finished, you ain't going to be able to be passive and sit off up in... So, So what he said, he was not asking us to passively retain what he did, but he want us to actively recall what he did. He want us to, this remembrance to be produced, to produce a deep and lively and vivid impression in our minds and heart coupled with a spirit of thanks. Jesus wants something to take place on the inside of you when you go through the ritual of communion. He wants you to vividly, in your mind, in your spiritual eye, to see what he went through for you. And he wants you to feel what he felt when he was going through it 
for you. You can't get there physically. The only way you can get there is that's why communion got to be about a spiritual transaction and not a physical one. Go to Luke. Luke is the longer version of when Jesus implemented the Lord's Supper. And I'm going to read a little bit here and then I'm going to just kind of expound on the scripture. Luke 22. And when I start reading, I'll read 14 through 23. Y'all stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Here we see Jesus instituting the Lord's Supper, or the Last Supper, with his disciples. This is commonly referred to as Holy Communion, or Communion. But basically that means coming together, coming together, the church coming together to give thanks. Coming together on one accord, united, to give Now Jesus took the loaf and the cup, the ingredients of a common meal in that day, and he transformed it into a meaningful spiritual experience for believers. However, the value of the experience depends on the condition of your hearts and minds when you participate. See, if your heart ain't connecting with what he did for you, we're just going through a motion, and it's just a ritual. You have no connection to it. You don't feel anything. You don't put yourself in his place and give him thanks for what he went through just for. See, look at this. Jesus was about to be the star. Somebody say the star. The main character. Somebody say the main character. He wasn't going to be a B-roll guy with little print. He's going to be the guy whose name shows up in lights. He was about to be that guy, if the young folk were saying it. You know, in the most important human event in history. And he wanted his followers to forever remember him and give him thanks for what he had done for them. See, when Je- I like that. That'll work. See, the leading man didn't come in here to play second fiddle to nobody. So when we go through this, this ain't about Pastor Bolden, this ain't about Minister Latham, this ain't about Fabian, Rob Daniels, Jesse Jackson. It's all about he is the star of the show. But so often we come, not just to this part of church and worship, we come to church and we leave the star. The star never show up in an hour and a half worship service. And how can you have a worship service honoring him when he don't even show And in order for him to show up, we have to bring him back in our spirit and then exhibit what he would want us to exhibit as if he was standing right here with you. Oh, God, help me. Look at this in Luke chapter 22. It says this starting in verse 14. It says, when the time came, somebody said the time came. Jesus had sent the two of the disciples out to look for a place to hold a Passover. So it was time, it was customary that the Jews celebrate Passover, remembering what God did for them when they were in Egypt. It was about recalling, rehearsing, going through, and reciting all the things that they went through on that night before they got free the next day. And that was put into their memory that every time this celebration was done, they had to tell their children, they had to replay it over and over and over again. 
Now hold on to that. So it says, he sat down together at the table. Normally that would have been not like a table that we're used to. They probably more like sitting on little rugs or throw rugs down low. They wouldn't have been sitting up like we would normally sit. That's why in some pictures you'll see disciples leaning on one another. Okay, now get this. Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering. That's the first thing I want you to remember is his suffering. Somebody say suffering. See, Jesus wants you to remember every time you take communion, you're supposed to bring to your remembrance what he went through for you. His suffering. Now, his suffering is his, let me put it in layman's term. Maybe I can, I use a little WWF or WWE or whatever they call it, you know, language. Jesus got the beat down, the smack down. He got the crap beat out of it. You know, he would just beat bad. Bloody, you know, whipped, struggling to carry a cross. He took the suffering was his beat down for you. So in other words, now get this. I think there's something in that language called tap out. So tap out is when you give up. But Jesus took the beat down for you, Rob, and he didn't. He didn't tap out. And every time you receive communion, you ought to think in your mind he could have if he had a tapped out, I wouldn't have the benefits that I have today. I wouldn't have the blessings that I have today. But Jesus thought enough of me not to. And it's time for us to stop tapping out on him. Tap out just means you surrender to the other force. So Jesus had an opportunity. And look here, don't think he didn't consider it. In the Garden of the Gethsemane, he said, Father, if it be possible... Let this cup pass from me. But instead of tapping out, he said, never, nevertheless, not my will, but if you're not going to tap out on God, you're going to have to put your will aside and let his will, <laughs> let his will run your life. Because without his will running your life, some of you are going to, some people are tapping out. COVID has caused some people to just, I don't need church no more. I don't need to pray no more. I don't need to meditate no more. I don't need to fast no more. I don't need to fellowship one with another no more. I don't just. Somebody say you ought to be thankful that Jesus did not tap out. Amen. He endured the suffering. He endured the beat down so that we can have the liberty that we have today. Verse 16, she says, for I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom. In other words, it's going to be my last time eating with you in this occasion. And as a result of this, then now I want to, you to remember it forever. It's kind of like when someone dies and they give you their last words. And they say most people try to hold on to their loved one's last words. This was Jesus' last supper, so he wanted his followers to hold on to this experience forever. And he wanted them to pass it on to every generation that would come after them. And so therefore, this is not a passive experience that we're passing on. This is supposed to be something that's done with passion and affection when we think about what the Lord did for us. Now look here. Communion is not about 
the attire that we wear. Even though we do black and white collars here on first Sunday, that's tradition. We could do this in jeans and a t-shirt. Amen. So don't get caught up in the tradition that we do when we celebrate it. Just get caught up in the fact that the church you go to celebrate it. Because there are some churches don't celebrate it. And there are some churches the Catholics celebrate it every time they they see it to be that important that every time they come together, they want to remember what Jesus did for them. We do it once a month. Some churches only do it once a quarter. Some just do it once every six months. But now that I done read this, I think the Catholics may have got that right. They may have. Not that we're going to change it. They may have got that right. Because every time we come together, we ought to be celebrating the star of the show. Just something to think about. <laughs> Let me read on. Now, verse 17, he says, Then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. Then he said, Take this and share amongst yourself. Now, the wine was passed more than one time, so you're going to see that again. Normally, you know, wine was common, so they drank quite a bit of wine. And they had about four passings during this Passover dinner. Now, in the church, in the Christian world, we don't celebrate a Seder meal like the Jews do to celebrate Passover. Because I'm going to show you here, when Jesus finished his work, he superseded some stuff. And so therefore, when we celebrate, we don't want to go back to Egypt. We want to go back to the cross in that Friday afternoon. What he got to do? That passion when he got the feet down. He, he ain't trying to take us back to Egypt, Fabio. He's trying to take us back to that week before he died on the cross. Oh, let me read on. I'll show you this in a minute. He says, now, then he took the cup of wine and gave thanks to it for God, to God for it. Then he said, take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. Then he took some bread, then we get into the formalities of the ceremony, and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, this is my body. This is my body. Not the body of a goat. Not the body of a ram. Not the body of a turtle dove. Not the body of a heifer. Not the body, that's a cow. Not the, not the body of a bull. He said, look, this is my body, which is given for you. And every time you do this, don't remember the cow, don't remember the dove, don't remember the goat. But every time you do this, you remember, bring me to your mind to the point that you have an affectionate feeling that come over you that want to give me thanks for what I've done. Every time you do it, you remember me. Don't remember Bolden, don't remember Latham, don't remember Daniels, remember don't remember your husband who got on your last nerve before you left home. It, during this time, you remember. 
Don't remember your wife and children that's caused you some issues right now. During this time, you remember. Because if you remember me in the right way, I can help you with your issues. I can help you with your problems. I can help you with the things you're going through. But in order to do that, you got to remember. Jesus said, remember me. I'm the star of the show. I'm the one that didn't tap out for you. So you remember me. The thing is, we have started to remember man when we come to church and not Jesus. And so therefore, Jesus gets left out because human personality is attached to other humans that they can see and they can feel for. But you can't see and feel Jesus. That's why I said this is a spiritual experience. And so therefore, if your spirit is not in the right place when it comes time to celebrate him, you won't have that cut. It would be much easier if you had saw him, Latham, and walked with him and was sitting at the table every time you think about it because you saw him on the cross. You saw what he went through. You saw the beat down. But right now he said, look, in order for you to experience that, you're going to have to have a spiritual connection. And if you can't get that in the spirit, then what we do ain't going to touch you, ain't going to move you, and ain't going to mean nothing to you. Now look at this. Then he says, verse 20, after supper, this is the last time now, he took another cup of wine and said, this is the, somebody say new covenant. New covenant, the new agreement between God and his people, an agreement that is confirmed or ratified or put in force by my, not the blood of a goat, but put in force by my, Blood. So therefore, once I put this in place, you no longer need to go get a goat every year. You don't need to get a ram. You don't need to get a cow. I'm going to do this thing once and for all. In other words, I'm going to supersede what was already in place, and I'm going to give you a better deal. In other words, I'm going to give some goats a better deal. I'm going to give some rams a better deal, because if we were still doing that today, this place would be a bloody mess. And some of y'all couldn't even find you a goat or a rat. So, so what you going to do, bring a rat? So Jesus said, look, supersede. Now, those of you in the military ought to understand this. Back in the day, we used to call it 3510. I know it's new something else now, new regulation come out. And every now and then, they would make changes to it. Change one, change two. You insert some pages, line some things out. They ain't supersede. They just made changes. But every now and then, they will send you one saying, the previous edition is super. What you can do with the previous edition? You ain't even got to look at it. You ain't got to see this page match or this page. No, you can just say, I got the new one. I no longer need. We got the better sacrifice, so we no longer need rams. We no longer need go. We no longer need to go back and celebrate the Passover. We celebrate his last we got a better got a better deal some of y'all will have a problem killing a cat or a dog or a cow or whatever you know and sometimes depending on how bad you were decide the animal you had to go get you know that may be some shortages <laughs> you know sometimes we had to come here on Sunday before we get it together you know some of y'all left home bad just bad before you left out the door just bad on the way, you would have to stop at the store and get you a bird or something. Amen. To come in here and offer it up so that your sins could be for. 
But Jesus said, now you ain't got to make that stop. All you got to do is remember me on your way to church, even though you left home with a fit of rage. Just re remember me on your way to church, and guess what? Your heart can be made right, and you can come in here and celebrate just like everything was okay when you left home. That's why I say he wants you to get your heart in connection with him. And as your heart is getting in connection with him, it's going to make you remember some things you need to get right before you come before. He says his blood, that he is poured out as a sacrifice for you. And look at this. But there at the, this table, sitting among us as friends, is a man, this is what Jesus said, is the man who will betray me. Wow, so I got to get you to see some love in all this. Because now I invited a dude to dinner for the last time. And this dude going to sell me out for 30 pieces of silver. Now, you know, if I was in my flesh, you know, I just got caught up in myself for a moment, you know, just in me. I would have kicked Judas out. Because Jesus knew already, if you read earlier, he already knew who he was. Everybody else didn't know, but he already knew. Had it been me calling the shots for dinner, he would have got his invitation pulled. Don't show up, Doc. I know what you done did to me. I know you done went out there, you going to sell me out for them 30 pieces of silver, you greedy rascal. And you know what? I, I trusted you. Because all the time you with me, you was my treasure. You kept the money. Why you had to go and steal or get a, cut a deal with the evil ones to kill me when all you had to do just ask me? 30 pieces of silver. I would have gave it to you. But, but your heart was not in the right place. So some people think God set Judas up. No, Judas' heart set him up. Judas' heart set him up because his heart was not right with God. And look here, when your heart is not right with God, you will betray your best your best friend when your heart is not right. And see, you know something about betrayal? Somebody that don't know you can't betray you. The only people that can betray you is people that you don't let got close. So anytime you feel like betrayed, you've been betrayed, you need to start looking around your inner. Don't go look out on the off the wall way out in the North 40. You better start looking at the people that's close. And then once they betray you, can you still invite them to? <laughs> see, I can see some of y'all, that's, that's a stretch. That's because you don't understand what he did for you. He died for you, and all he's asking you to do is just invite them to? I told you there's a spiritual connection right there because I saw some flesh just, just pulling back at that one. Me sit at the same table with somebody that put. <laughs> Ain't happening, Captain. Well, I'm just telling you, you need to take a look at your heart. Because look at this. What we need to make sure that we don't do, we must not be the Judas in this. See, we can't allow ourselves, because we have a relationship with Jesus, to go out now and betray him. Don't let the times that we're living in cause you to betray Jesus. Don't let the times we're living in cause you to tap out on it. Because he didn't tap out on you. 
See, COVID got some of your brothers and sisters, they done already. And you need to reach out to them and let them know that this supper is for for them. That he still loved them even though they done. And they can come back to him and understand just how much he loved them and know that if he forgave us while we were yet still sinners, surely he'll forgive you when you make a mistake. He didn't wait till we got a right to die, Brother Herb. He died while we were still cutting the food. So it had to be love that would make somebody do that knowing what Larry Bolden was doing. But even though I know what the rascal is doing, I'm going to still die for him. Man, that ought to make Larry Bolden go, wow! I'm glad. I understand now what Jesus wants me to feel when I think about what I was doing and he still died for me. Then now I can't partake in his body and his blood just any kind of Because my mind now, Brother Herb, is going to go to a place that put me in of what he did. And so it may make me want to cry a little bit sometimes. It may make me want to shout a little bit sometimes. It may just make me want to be grateful for what he has done for me. In some way, I ought to be able to express my gratitude what the Lord has done for me. See, some of y'all have a hard time just saying thank you, but you just don't understand. That's a requirement for this supper. That's a requirement for this meal. That's a requirement for us to tell Jesus. You know, we used to sing a song that had two words. Thank you, Lord. I just want to. Thank you, Lord. Made a whole song out of that and tear the house down with folk crying because they're putting themselves in remembrance of what they're giving thanks. What they're giving thanks for. He says, but what sorrow wait the one who betrays me? Somebody who ever betrayed you, don't, you ain't got to get them back. <laughs> if you're a child of God, he's going to take care. So don't you go out there and try to do God's job. You just let God do what he's going to do. Amen? Amen? Now look at this, verse 23. I'm through with this. I'm going to go back to our text. Let's kind of set that up. The disciples began to ask each other, which one of them would do such a thing? You know, oh man, who's going who to do it? You know, we're sitting there. We're the inner circle. You know, we're the call one. Who's going to do this thing? Who's going to do this? Who, which one of us is going to do it? But you know what? They thought about that for two minutes. Because in the next verse, Brother Latham, they were arguing about who's going to be the greatest. I don't just had supper with you, told you up in the die for you. You asked me who did it and you didn't know it. And then now they're thinking, well, who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to sit next to you? Who's going to sit on your right hand? I don't know. Wait a minute, man. I just had supper with you and told you I'm going to die. And then y'all already. That, that's what I'm trying to tell you. You know, disciples don't always get it. Jesus had told them earlier that he was going to die for them. But they didn't get it. Because they didn't get it, he taught it again in the form of a meal. And some of them forgot it just that quick. Which means that before I finish and before you walk out the door today, some of y'all going to forget. Don't forget why you need to remember 
And all I want you to remember is, hey, remember his suffering. Remember his sacrifice. Because the sacrifice is the part where his blood was shed for you, Fabian. That's the death on the cross, you know, put in the barred tomb, raised on the third day. The sacrifice that was made for you. So there's a difference between the beat down and the sacrifice. The sacrifice had to die. The beat down, he was still but his assignment wasn't finished until he died so his blood was shed for our sins and then now he superseded all those other things that was done before. So when I understand that, communion takes on a whole new mindset. It's more than just getting a little wafer and then just walk out. Something ought to go through your heart and your mind every time you do that to bring you back to his suffering, his sacrifice, and the love that he had for you in spite of you. Amen. Let me, maybe I'll like it better if I said it this way, brother, like, in spite of me. It's easy when I'm picking on me. But when I say in spite of you, some of y'all look at me kind of like cross-eyed, like y'all didn't have no you in you that was messing you up. If you was all that, he wouldn't have had to die. Jesus was still living, you know. If we, if we had together, later he'll still be walking around just happy, wouldn't be all beat down. But because we were messed. And people are still messed up today, just like you were before you understood who he was. And we have an opportunity to reach out to those people who are messed up and tell them, hey, I just want you to remember what Jesus did just for Just for you. Now, if you would, go to our text. Back to Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11. First Corinthians 11. I want to transition to this close by adding some context to this. See, in our, our text, Paul was letting the Corinthian church know that the Lord's Supper, or the Last Supper, or communion, was a serious thing, and that they should not come to it any kind of way with an unprepared heart and take it in a careless manner. See, what was happening there in Corinth is that Corinth was a church that was divided into factions. Some of them said, I follow Peter, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos. And so Jesus was not always the star of the show. And when they came to communion to celebrate together as one and give thanks to what the star did, they get in there and break off, off into the little Apollites over here and the Apollites over here and the other ites over here. And then guess what? The folks who don't fit in none of those ites, they get left out. And because communion was served with wine, some of them got left out, some of them overate, and some got drunk. All at the, y'all got to read before the text, all at the Lord's Supper, when they're supposed to be honoring Jesus, now they done turned into a banquet, a party. They in there just having a good time, hanging off the rafter, you know, just throwing down. At the Lord's so Ain't thinking about his suffering. They, oh, they just throw it 
down. He died for their drunkenness. They just drinking the wine like, you know, they just keep drinking, drinking. Just, just eating, mate. They're just eating. And then here's little John over here hungry. And because he ain't in one of the group, we done left him out and forgot him. So now we done turned communion into this big party and we have lost the significance of why Jesus died. And so Paul was trying to set the record and say, let me explain to you all what this is all about so you can change your conduct because if you don't change your conduct, some of you are going to be wiped out just because of the way you approach this thing. And there's different thoughts out there. Some say, hey, you need to, I believe you ought to check yourself. But this is talking about how we do it. We got to do it in a reverential manner that we honor him and celebrate him and praise him and give him thanks for what he has done. Now, I'm not like those churches. There are some churches out there who don't believe you ain't supposed to have no food in the church. They took this scripture right here and said, hey, because they cut the food, we ain't having no food. Everybody going to eat at their house, and we ain't come to church to do no fellowship. We ain't going to do no potlucks. Well, striving, we would be wrong if we had communion up here and ribs and chitlins and black-eyed peas and collard greens next to the communion. And then all of a sudden now, y'all smell that and forget about Jesus. And then all of a sudden now, who? Let me get in line for the rib. They done got the last rib. I didn't, I didn't even get no rib. They got the best cake. I wanted some of that cake. And here poor Jesus by him blessing right here. Y'all arguing over, y'all arguing over chitlins. Collard greens, potato salad, and candy yam. So he said, look here, if you're going to do that, you got to separate it from communion. Get the communion service over, then go over and eat your chitlins and collard greens and ham hocks, whatever you want to eat. But while we honoring the star, don't let them reels become your star. That you will fight your... <laughs> that you will fight your brother and sister for that last reel. And that reel didn't even die for you. That, that, that pig didn't do nothing for you. That pig didn't go to the cross for you. You know, that, that, that cow, that, that steak, that did, he didn't do nothing for you. He would only be valuable if we were still under the old system. And all of a sudden now we were under the old system. We went out there and slaughtered the pig and then sacrificed him up for our sins. Then all of a sudden now we're going to eat some of the sacrifice. But that system is gone. Now the system says it's done with his body and his so he's no longer using the animal, he's using the real. The animal was a foreshadow of what was to come. When the real thing comes, you no longer need the, the foreshadow. So these people were caught up. And you know, in Corinthian, they was known for their party life. Corinthian, you know, they, they had temple prostitutes and you know, they could really throw down a, a good party at worship. They go in planning on worshiping and it turned to an orgy in Corinthian. You know, the church that had all the gifts. They had all the gifts in Corinth, but they were cutting the fool amongst all them. He didn't have to write this to the other churches. He had to write this to the, Cor to the Corinthians because they had them defile the Lord's Supper. They was disgracing it and shaming the poor at the same time. And whenever we observe it in a sinful way, 
not calling to remembrance what Jesus did for us, then we are guilty of doing the same thing. When we come up here in a few moments and celebrate the Lord's Supper, in your mind, go to where you're going afterward, you're guilty. Because something else done took control of your thought process. Oh, that's taking too long. Too long. Why they had to go through all that? That's too long. How, how long is your sins worth? Man, your lunch going to be waiting on you when you leave here. It's going to even be better if you serve the star right. If you treat the star So I'm asking you as we transition here in a minute to get your hearts and minds on the star. See, when I said that on a spiritual way, Zontel, I'm saying that I want you to be able to imagine in your spiritual mind that you sitting down with Jesus and he breaking that bread and giving you a piece. It ain't the disciple, he breaking a piece for and telling you, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in real. See, if you see the other 12 and the ones that were sitting around the table with them doing it, you're never going to get the significance of what this moment means. It's going to always be about them and not about you. And communion is about you and your relationship with God. You sanctify this time. You make it special. You don't put a clock on it and say, oh, it's 11.04, we got to get out. Jesus could have put a stopwatch on and said, look, I'm going to just tap out. Forget about Zontel. Forget about Major. I'm going to tap out. But for someone who did not tap out, we got to be able to serve him better when we represent what he did for us. Your flesh can't get you there when it comes to this element of communion. The Catholics think this is so serious, they think they're really taking his real body and his real blood. I don't go that far, but that's how they see it. That's why you just can't take it. That's why they do a lot of confessing before they take communion. They had a priest to make sure you're on that Friday for whatever. Hey, man, you can go get your stuff together. Well, that's the old system. We don't need that. You can get your stuff together right now. Jesus died so you can have access to God on your own. You don't need to come to me to get your stuff together. If you know your heart ain't right, you get it right before you take it. And so what I got to get you to see that Jesus wants us to remember this in a special way. And these people had violated that by turning communion or turning the Lord's Supper into a party. So let me read this again to you, and I'm not going to try to preach it, just going to read it. He says, for I pass on to you, Paul telling them, what I received from the Lord himself. I got this. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord took, Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. He broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, you Corinthians, which is given for you. Do this to remember him. In the same way he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, let me stop right there. That supper thing there, some people take that literal too. 
that some people believe that communion ought to be served in evening services and not in daytime services. Because supper was an evening. Now, you know if Pastor Bowden won't do that, some of y'all have a fit. Especially during football season. Say, come back tonight at 6 o'clock, Major. We're going to come back tonight and we're going to have the Lord's Supper. Yeah, but it's not tonight. Dallas playing tonight. <laughs> not tonight. You, tonight, Jesus won't. You don't think you could miss one football game to come back and tell the Lord, thank you. I'm just picking on the football fans. Whatever y'all be watching on Sunday evening. Now, we ain't finna do that. We ain't gonna change that. We, we all right doing it here. I just want your mind to be in the right place while you're doing it here and now. And if the Lord laid on our heart one Sunday to say, let's, we're gonna do this and come back on the evening service, I believe if we present it right, some of y'all will sacrifice that game. Some of y'all will sacrifice your Sunday night lineup to come back to tell Jesus. Some of y'all will be like that leper, the one out of ten. So that means that maybe one out of ten of y'all will come back to tell Jesus. To just tell him, thank you for what you have done for me. This is the cup. This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. So he didn't tell you how often to do it. We do it once a month. Some people do it every time they meet. Some people do it once a quarter. However you do it, whatever your church affiliation does, that's fine. But the key thing is not when you do it, it's how you do it. We can do this on a Wednesday night. At Bible study, we can have communion at Bible study. But the key thing is our hearts and our minds got to be in the right frame of reference when we are partaking the Lord's body and his blood. Look at this. Verse 26, he says, for every time, somebody say every time. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death, until he come again. Every time we do this, we're proclaiming to one another what Jesus meant to us, and we're proclaiming him one to the world. That his death was so important, his sacrifice was so important, his suffering was so important, that every time we do this, we're going to remember what he did for us, and we're going to let the world know that we appreciate the sacrifice that was made for us. That's why that song that you just got through singing was so powerful. Grateful? You know, I know some of y'all had a problem when he said, say grateful 11 times. 11 times. 11 times. That's too long. They count down. We could have got there in three times. No, you didn't get it in 11. Because your mind wasn't even on gratefulness. Your mind was on, when this song going to end? I'm telling you, if you hadn't been thinking about Jesus, you would still be saying, Lord, I'm grateful. If your heart had been on him, if he had been the center of the attention, then you would still be telling him thank you. I wouldn't even been able to get up and preach because somebody would be saying, Lord, I still thank you for remembering me. I still thank you, God, and I remember what you did for me, Jesus. I remember who I was before I met you. I remember what I did before I met you. I remember how I lived before I... And because you knew that about me, and you still did not tap out, I just want to say, 
All I drop by to do Jesus today is just tell you. And while I'm telling you thankful, thank you, I'm going to remember your suffering. I'm going to remember your sacrifice. And I'm going to remember how much you love me. You love me enough to die, to take on all my sins when you were sinless. Ain't nobody in this earth going to love you like, like Jesus. So therefore, when we give him thanks for those things, it ought to be a place in our heart that is reserved just for him. He is the star. He is that person that did it all for you. And because you know he's that person, it don't minimize the other people in your life. They should be beneficiaries of the fact that Jesus is that. Don't be jealous because your husband, your wife, or your children done fell in love with Jesus. Because they love him, they ought to know how to love you better. Hallelujah! <laughs> Come through, preacher. Let's give the Lord some praise. Give him a thank you. Give him a, a grateful praise to let him know that, Lord, I thank you for saving me. I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for the new covenant that you put in place that now I don't have to go and get a ram every day. After you did this thing once and for all. Once and for all. And I'm so thankful because you did it one time and one time. This rag that you put in place is not going to change you. You can pass this on to your children and your children's children. When we get to this point 20 years from now, your grandchildren and your children ought to be saying, I'm so Because I've been put in remembrance. Granddaddy, grandmama, they told me what Jesus did for me. And because they told me what he did, I want to take my turn to tell him. Give the Lord a hand cup of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise him like you're grateful. Praise him like you've got a grateful heart and you're thankful for all that he has done for you. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, we thank you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. My first appeal is for salvation. If you're here in the house today and you have not accepted God's new plan, the new covenant, or if you're online and you've not accepted God's new plan for your life, I want you to know that Jesus died for you. Even though you feel like you may not be living right right now, that don't matter. He still died for you. He died for all of us while we were in a state that we're not in now. But I want you to know that state that you're in is not permanent. You don't have to stay there. All you got to do is make up your mind that you're going to accept what has already been done. So I plead with you today, accept Jesus Christ. Make him the Lord of your life. Make him that guy. Make him that star. Make him the number one attraction. And I guarantee you, I believe your life will turn for the better. I don't believe you can get into a relationship with him and your life never change for the better. I believe he died to make life better for you. And so therefore, I extend the invitation to you. If you're in the house, please raise your hand. If you're online, ask you to give us a call here at the church, 862-3899, area code 850. And if you don't want to go through the prompts, just hit zero and someone will answer the phone. 
someone will answer the phone. If you're here, please raise your hands. Please raise your hands. I see no hands raised, and I take it that all in the house have a relationship with our Lord and Savior. Our second appeal is for church membership. If you're online and you want to be a member of Striving for Perfection Ministry, we extend the invitation to you likewise. If you're in the house and you want to be a member of Striving, we just ask that you please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. I see a hand going up here. Amen. I see a hand going up here. Amen. 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 I'm going to ask if you raise your hand, would you just gather your thing? Brother Tim is going to take you. We're going to get some information from you. Amen. Just gather your things. I see you moving. Amen. Would that be another? Would that be another? Hallelujah. We thank God. We thank God. Hallelujah. 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 And my final appeal at this point is for prayer. You know what the condition of your heart is. You know where you're at. And Jesus died, and he rent the veil of the temple so that you can go to God on your own behalf. You don't need Pastor Bowden to come and touch and agree with you. You can go to God on your own behalf and let him know exactly what's on your heart and on your mind. That's a privilege that you get under this new covenant, and you need to take advantage of it. So I ask you right now, you know what you're dealing with. You know the good, the bad. If you've got a praise in your heart, just praise him in your prayer. But I ask you right now, just just let your spirit speak to your mind. And you just start giving God your request. Make your petition known to him. Give him your thanks. Give him your praise. Whatever the Lord decides to place on your heart at this time by his spirit, I just ask that you offer that up to him right now. You have a a link that you can communicate with him at any time. You don't have to come to me to confess, do anything. You can be your own confession. Let the Lord know where you're at. Talk to him honestly and genuinely. You don't have to be proper and prim. You don't need to write it out. You just need to talk from your heart. He already know your heart, so just tell him what's in your heart. He can handle it. The good, the bad, the indifference, he can handle it all. But you ought to talk to him. So I just ask that you take a moment now to do some reflection and offer up your prayer to the Lord in your own way. And in a moment, I will close this out with a prayer. Hallelujah. Think about Jesus. Think about what he's done for you. Let your spirit speak to your flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for the benefits of this new covenant that the Holy Spirit can dwell on the inside of us. Hallelujah. The benefit of this new covenant is that we have been set free from bondage. The benefit, we've been justified, been born again. All the benefits of this new covenant that we have with you. The benefits we have is that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The benefits that we have under this new covenant. The benefit, we don't have to wait till once a year on the day of atonement to come and have a massive sacrifice for all of our sins. We can do that daily. We can do it instantly. Whenever the Spirit convicts us, we can just tell God I'm sorry right there. Hallelujah. 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 Don't nobody know you like, but you. And God know you better than you know you. But we don't know you like that. 
But I just ask that you get things right with God. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we honor you and give you thanks. God, we thank you for the sacrifice and the suffering and the love that was demonstrated by your son, Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for allowing us to call to remembrance of what he did for us and, God, where we were when we accepted him. God, we thank you for allowing us to just recollect, think back, bring up the type person that he found when he found us. And we thank him for changing our lives, turning our lives around, and making us better people. But God, we realize he's not through with us yet. There's still work to be done. But if we continue to be led and guided by your spirit, God, we can continue to grow more and more into your son Jesus. To the point that we will be able to declare without a shadow of a doubt to everybody in the world that his sacrifice for us was not in vain. He didn't die in vain for Bolden. He didn't die in vain for Daniels. He didn't die in vain for Brother JP. It's not a vain effort because I'm going to proclaim to the world what he did until he returned again. And so, Father, we just thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for counting us worthy. You counted us worthy because you sent Jesus to die for us. So we thank you for nothing else but counting us worthy. You put value on us that we didn't put on ourselves. But we thank you for that. And now, God, because we understand who we are and who we represent, we're going to live out the value that you placed on us. And we want to always remember the sacrifice that your son made for us when he shed his blood for our very sins. We give him all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen. Say amen again.